0: Boozown Music proudly presents Sounds on Vinyl, the show that celebrates collecting and listening to vinyl. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Phil. Hey, hey, welcome to the Sounds on Vinyl show. My name is Phil Boyer, and as always, from across the pond, the open sea, is my brother from another mother, Mr. Mike Svensson. Mike, how the hell is it going over there in Sweden?
1: Oh, it's going really good, really good right now, because, I mean, we get to talk about records, vinyl records, man. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's, I think it's my most favorite thing ever to talk about. Yeah, it is. It is. Mm -hmm. And speaking of that, I got another mic with us today. Yeah. So it's two mics, and both are from Sweden. (laughs) Eh? Go figure, right? Yeah. So, uh, and back on the show, Mike from Liar Thief Bandit. Welcome, my friend.
2: Hey, guys. Hey, hey. Thanks for having me, hey. back. Hey. Oh, of yeah. course. Of Anytime. course. Always.
1: So, this is a bit different uh, than we usually do. It's, so, we, we asked you to pick like your top five albums of all time and just run through them and, and give us your lowdown on why you picked them and why you like them. So uh, we're we're really anxious to do this. So Ooh. how's your pulse well, right now? Well, it's
2: Mike. pretty high. Um, yeah. It's not really it's not really uh, an easy task uh, to no, pick it's out not. five records. And since this is a vinyl show, uh, well, it's a music show, but it's it has vinyl in the title, so it's the vinyl format of music that we cherish, love and uh, pay pay tribute to so, so see we like you even more now <laughs> <laughs> you see yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, well thank you uh, uh, likewise um, I think that my pick of vinyl records uh, for a top 5 will look like this that I will tell you in a minute but I think that if I were like I don't know 15 and listen to only like cds and mp3s and stuff or if i didn't get into the vinyl at all i would uh, just listen to spotify i think my list would be uh slightly different all right
0: interesting
2: uh, which i think is very interesting, yeah, that mm-hmm. uh, is interesting that it's because when i got this this question it wasn't like pick out your five best vinyl records it was Pick out your best five albums. And when I hear the the word album today, I think about vinyl records. Yeah. Oh. Uh, did I say vinyl or albums? Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. albums. Yeah. When I hear the word yeah. albums, I think of vinyl yeah. records. And I didn't do that when I was growing up. Uh, for those who would listen to a previous episode where I was on, uh, I talked about uh, me... Uh, being brought up on cds and the digital era so me discovering vinyl uh both uh from way back when and from my contemporary artists has really been a journey for me so yeah i'm very excited about this should we
1: like uh, dive right into this yeah number five what's number five number do, do you have them in in any particular order or do you just want to go with with what you feel do, do you have them in for like 5 and up to 1 oh cool I have for you five see up
2: to 1 see
1: when oh, we, yeah. when we thought we couldn't like you anymore Seven. and and then oh, yeah, you man. go and do this damn wow, that's, right. that's right
2: of course of course so uh number 5 i guess uh people that are very much in love with this band Uh, people are very in love with this band and this record in particular and are listening to this might be a little disappointed that it's not number one I think it's a number one for a lot of people especially people uh, brought up in the late 80s maybe early 90s even Um, and, uh, well, I see that you guys are on <laughs> nails, so I'm just going to go out and say it. it's oh, Guns N' Roses.
0: Oh, there we go. L-type oh, there there we we go. man. Yes.
2: Uh, and for those who can't see what I'm holding up, it's uh, it's the original cover. Uh, what's it called yeah, again, it, Mike? It, it's like called yeah, something, it
1: is like uh, robot uh, a robot um, <laughs> something. Uh, oh, shit. It's okay. It's our show. It's it's a ro- robot yeah. that's that's supposed to rape a girl, something like that. That's that's like the yeah.
2: The... You have explicit uh, yeah. this explicit thing on your uh, yeah when you get up yeah podcast, yeah yeah because right? yeah. you say we can do whatever the time fuck time, so we so want yeah it's, uh, a, I'm it's sorry. A, it, it, I think <laughs> exactly so um it's not okay no, to of not. rape but. anyone. Uh no. not not even by robots, but the cover yeah. that was uh, withdrawn, yeah. as we all know, uh, from that type for destruction yeah. album, the ge- debut album of Guns N' Roses, uh it I think it's called unofficially uh like the yeah. Robot yeah, rape, something uh, like that, Robot yeah. Rape cover or something like that. Guns Roses fans uh, will uh, probably rage and say it's called something slightly different. But, yeah, I mean, enough about the cover. Um, I really, I was actually a late adapter of this album. I had listened to a lot of of, um, the hit singles from it, of course, uh, growing up. Uh, I've heard Welcome to the Jungle with that awesome delay guitar intro and and uh, Axel's uh, voice and stuff. I've heard, of <laughs> course, Paradise City until my ears bled, and then I didn't mm-hmm. want to listen mm-hmm. to that uh, song anymore, you know, um, stuff like that. But uh, and of course, Sweet Shallow Mine. But uh, I think I think uh, I was like uh, 15 or 16, and I l- heard those songs yeah. along with the later ones mm-hmm. like November Rain and stuff so so many times and i didn't dislike the band i really liked it but it wasn't something that i dug into but then at one point i just decided to listen to the actual record from start to bottom because this was released uh uh one year before i was born so it's not like some something Mm -hmm. i was brought up with 87 right Mike, you know this. 87 should be. Yeah. 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 Of course, Phil knows We're as all well farts. You're basically the same <laughs> age. So you guys have, have this locked in. Yeah. Of, course, of course. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Take, okay. you see? Take the compliment, guys. Take the compliment. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I think that uh when I actually listened to the album from top to bottom, and I think this was at the same time that i started uh, like reading some biographies about them and got really curious and i realized that this is one of the best debut albums of all time it's not something people just say it's like from that era i really like Mm -hmm. uh, music history and how things develop in rock and roll and the way that they took the best things, which are not that many, from from that uh, sleaze and hair metal scene, uh, they took those those tiny bits that they pretty much stomped on, but they took, like, the New York Dolls influences and that kind of stuff, and they refined it. They didn't do it like <laughs> Cinderella or Mudley Crew or Rat, sorry, Mike, uh, or... Um, or, you know, um, Poison and stuff, they really did something else. It was like, when I listened to it, it was like, yeah, mm. this is an 80s rock band, but they have listened to 70s Aerosmith. And that that really uh, got for me, you know, and the punk influences and the amazing guitar playing. Because um, I've always seen it, like, because I'm a guitar player myself, it's like listening to Slash, it's like, he he was kind of like a Joe Perry from Aerosmith on speed, you know. And so it's like I realized that appetite for Destruction has like like every song is great. And the songs that I was so tired of hearing because he was always on MTV still mm-hmm. when I was growing up in like 95, 96, 97, when they basically stopped playing and a lot of other stuff was real popular since they had broken so hard into the musical atmosphere and the mm-hmm. music uh, and the yeah M- M- mtv and stuff mm-hmm. uh, in the late 80s that really stuck you know i've I, I heard and saw so many of those singles from back in the day when i was growing up and listening to those songs mm-hmm. that i was supposed to be and used to be tired of just listening to those in between these deep cuts Mm -hmm. that weren't Mm -hmm. deep cuts at all that were just like bangers banger after banger and i just realized that yeah this is it's not what i particularly want to play myself and i didn't get influenced by it as a musician that much but it was just like you know you guys know what i mean you lean Mm -hmm. back and you just listen to a record from front to back and it's just like Uh, just gets better and better and then you get tired of it like you can get tired of any album that you listen to too much (laughs) uh, which is the case with a lot of the uh, four three two and one that we're coming to as well but i mean and then you get tired of it and you listen to something else it takes like a half year a year and then you put it on again and it's that same feeling it's still that great and i'm kind of pissed off at myself that i didn't actually mm-hmm. listen to it or buy it on CD or whatever when I was a kid because I would have loved it. Uh, so, I mean, from 15, 16, yeah. something, that's th- where I really understood the magic that was Council uh, Moses, I, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I totally, totally get it because uh, I, I was heavily into Metallica at the time uh, and I just discovered yeah. some um, more of the heavier stuff. And then mm. I saw a picture of Guns N' Roses in 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 w- one of the music magazine, and I thought they were, oh man, posters. What the <laughs> hell is this? No mm. crap, Poison, like Motley. Not one of crap. these and guys. And then again. I then I heard, because yeah. a, yeah. a friend of mine told me about Welcome to the Jungle, because because Ex- I'm yeah. that old, so I I was there <laughs> when it got released. So. On late night MTV, they aired "Welcome to the Jungle" because they didn't want it to be on prime time because it was, they, yeah, because mm-hmm. it was it was considered li- like t- too obnoxious. Oh, and, right. And yeah. Yeah. Too yeah. Whatever, I, um, I read destroying that. Yeah. Young people's mind, and as <laughs> for, as soon <laughs> okay. as I heard that, like the guitar, yeah, uh, and yeah. and Axel's voice, and I said, oh man what the hell is this? And I, I remember listening to that song with my with my buddy late night, and we couldn't believe it. And it mm-hmm. took only like a couple of days b- before I went out and, and bought the album. I didn't care, because if there was w- only one song that sounded like that on that album, I had yeah. to get it. So I got it, and, and still today there... For me, there isn't a bad song on that album. It's no, it's fantastic.
2: No. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. it's one of the greatest uh, debut albums of of a uh, hard rock metal band yeah. ever.
2: It really is because it yeah because yeah, kind, of it course, captures yeah. that hunger that they yeah. had, which which too fast for love with Metal Crew also catches and kill them all by by uh, Metallica catches. Yeah, but those albums mm-hmm. aren't the, my favorites of those bands and uh, you know for other reasons it's just like the um you can really like and even love some of the songs and you can really uh admire uh the effort yeah. and uh mm-hmm. the product that was the first and what was the first thing of greatness to be yeah, yeah. but in guns N' roses case yeah, yeah. they yeah. knocked it out of the park yeah immediately yeah. And for better and for worse, because they had a really hard time living up to it, they had some, uh, some immediate success with the Illusion albums, uh, with these uh, <laughs> great, like, they, they showed us that yeah. 80s Scorpions is not how you write a rock ballad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can write it on piano and make it a rock anthem yeah. without yeah, yeah. it yeah. sounding like Queen either. And that's something that Axel Rose should had, have have uh, most uh, credit for, I think. But those those songs that was the way that I looked at Appetite for Destruction in the beginning when I was growing up, like only heard a few songs, and really didn't even bother to listen to the rest. Uh, that's the that's the opinion I have yeah. now about the Illusion albums. No. Like if I listen mm-hmm. to those double albums front to back. There are some great songs, but not everything is great. It's very hard to get a grip of what what the purpose of those albums are. There I mean, if they and I know there's a lot of people have been talking about this, if you and there's a lot of Spotify playlists that can prove that right as well, that people really think that that if you take the best ones if you do a best off of (laughs) Illusion One and Two, that would be the Use Your Illusion album the one and only and that would be a great album i guess no uh but Mm -hmm. like realizing that that first album have no fillers all killers everything is great mike link does an amazing job uh mixing it and Mm -hmm. uh like people are chasing after still that slash tone he has on that album and I mean it's just everything is just great yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the it dynamics is. of the band and yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean it's a, it's a very it's my number 5 but it's a very very strong 5 for me and I think and I think it got like it jumped down as I got older and discovered what we're going to talk about in a bit and that's why this one got like uh momentarily it got like yeah Uh, the strong fifth place because it didn't inspire me as a musician as much as Mm. what I'm going to talk about next. So,
1: Okay, are you ready to move into number four?
2: Yeah, I guess um, that's all for number five. So number four. Okay, so this one, um, this album, I don't think is very significant for you guys. Uh, The band itself, I don't think is very significant for for either of you guys. Uh, But you have mentioned this band a lot on this podcast. Can, can, can you guess?
0: Post Malone. It's Puss Malone.
2: We're talking about real music here, Phil. Get, get, a, grip. get a grip. Love it. So um, oh, Yeah, so that's man. all I'm going to say. Uh, okay, so number three. No, um, So it's a band that you've mentioned a lot, but you haven't talked about their music. Well, in a way, you have, I guess, or uh, parts of their music. Can you... Do you think you can get it?
1: No, I'm at Suspenser. Mm. There's a lot of stuff. Okay.
2: Mm. Okay. Um, Mm. If I say percussion. Percussion? Yeah. Something you hit Mm. and it sounds. And you can have a lot of them.
1: Oh, cowbells. No?
2: Cowbells, exactly. Cowbells. Cowbells. And who has the most cowbells?
1: Oh, Blue, Blue Oyster Cult. DOC. B- <laughs> okay, it's not, there we go. Oh, it's not the <laughs> oh di- that was it's, a good
2: one. It's not Agents of Fortune. It's not the uh, album that uh, contains uh, Don't Fear the Reaper. It's the one they released before that. Uh, actually, they released a double live album in the middle, but anyways. Uh, this is Blue Oyster Cult's Secret Treaties." And Secret Mm. Treaties is the third album by Blue Oyster Cult. Uh, Blue Oyster Cult, uh, I found, if I found Guns N' Roses late, I found Blue Oyster Cult like yesterday. It wasn't yesterday, (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) speaking now, I'm trying to say that word again. Anyways, it's like, for me, I grew into Blue Oyster Cult like a couple of years ago. And um, I had a hard time from the beginning because I was tired of Don't Fear the Reaper because it's the only one you had heard. Some people have also heard, like, uh, Burning For You from the 80s and stuff. And I guess, Phil, you can chip in here. I guess that Blue are Cult was kind of a thing in the U.S. Mm-hmm. more than in Europe. That's just my guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they came out. I was, yeah. what, about six, seven, eight in that when yeah. BOC kind of – got popular but yeah i remember like yeah. burden for you in the 80s that was like one of my favorite songs back then and yeah they, yeah. they were pretty big yeah, it's a
2: great song yeah yeah and they did that like Thin Lissy thing on that with dual guitars mm. and stuff uh they were really experimental in the beginning they had like patty smith writing uh uh, writing lyrics for them and they had also their producer writing lyrics for or if, if it was a friend i don't know they had the same lyrics on one uh, song on the first album and on the second album which are different songs but they has the same lyrics which when i f- when i found it out i thought i was on dope <laughs> or something i was so like what you know uh, I had to Google it and like, is it really the same one? Because I didn't have lyric sheet in my in my vinyl. But anyways, they are a little, little little bit strange. They were trying to, or their record company tried to sell them as the American Black Sabbath Ooh. back in the day. In I mean, all in right. the seventies, which was so mm-hmm. not them. They were like, and all the all the like cult following mystique thing that was all branded that wasn't really the band you know kind of like black sabbath didn't want the up and uh, upside down cross it was a label thing same thing here blue Cult were very misunderstood in the beginning and this is not going to be a biography (laughs) by blue (laughs) eyes we're going to play some some (laughs) cowbells instead no but uh, i i don't know it's like their third album secret treaties is a very it's a very rock and roll oriented album it has some, uh, some uh, Chuck Berry uh, like boogie style riffs and uh, they really um, like rock out but still have a lot of uh, dynamics. Um, for instance, uh, on this album uh, you have uh, the song Astronomy that was uh, covered by Metallica on the Garage Inc. Uh, yeah, okay. compilation. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I loved when it came out, uh, the Garage Inc. Like there was so many great songs, and finding out that a lot of them, of course, in the I was like in, in like fifth grade or something, and I loved that when I discovered that it was other bands and not their own songs, some of them or a lot of them. Uh, I got a little, I got a little uh, curious, but Bloister Cult for me it was like secret treaties is special because it has a rock and roll feel, but still it's out there. It's something with it's strange. Like one song, they end it with like a, what do you Uh, call them? Music box. Music box. What's that Uh, called? Like a music box. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like... It just ends with that and then goes straight into a piano, just going... It's very like, they try to do a lot of special stuff uh, but still it's like yeah i say if you haven't listened to it uh Mike and Phil and people listening blue eyes are called secret treaties that's the one you should start with that's what i tell everyone cool
1: uh yeah didn't they open up for too. kiss once uh
2: yeah i think so haha <laughs> <laughs> funny <laughs> uh funny thing it though, is funny. they did uh do do you guys know about the black and blue tour do you know what uh, that is uh you guys were really It young, sounds familiar. But it's Black Sabbath and Blue Eyes the Cult when Dio was in Black Sabbath, I think. Oh. Okay, yeah, yeah. Or okay, was it okay. Or was it Ian Gillen? No, I'm not sure. Someone's gonna. Okay. Uh, well, we have to yeah. get people furious so they thorn. can uh, knock on the message boards and like caps lock <laughs> and like, ah, <laughs> oh, you're so stupid. <laughs> You're wrong in everything you
1: say. And everything you no. yeah, think. Black and blue tour. Yeah, the
2: black and blue. It, there it is sounds a, very familiar. There is a video. Yeah. As, there is a video released as well. Like I guess you can get it on VHS. Uh, like I don't know if it, I don't think it's a bootleg. Even I think it's like an official release from the Black and Blue tour that was. Uh, and it was. Uh, it was. Uh, when could that be? Um, released in Dio 1981.
1: In, I, I just googled. Yeah.
2: It. I think. Yeah. yeah. The, right. Yeah, that that must be right. Exactly, eighty-one. So, um, so they they were like a stadium-sized band by the '80s, like you were talking about Phil. They were blowing mm-hmm. up in the early yeah. '80s. Okay. but their their records from the '70s are really really interesting. Um, the funny thing about the the album uh, after this one, the studio album after this one, Agents of Fortune, were don't fear the reaper is on when where they got their first really big hit that album is actually great that's like it's not my runner-up on blue extra cult from this but it's very close it's like a great album uh and it has it doesn't sound anything like don't fear the reaper that's like uh you can hear that it's the same singer on some songs because they Mm -hmm. they take turns but it's like it's not the same i mean it's not it is the same band and it's the same album but the rest of the songs are so much better. And I'm not just saying that <laughs> because I heard Don't Fear the Reaper from, from early age. I really say that because it's like, that's not the one that for me stands out in the good way. It's like all the others are like, yeah, it's like a, if you like uh heavy rock and roll with a lot of dynamics and, um, and some mystique, uh, I think you can discover some cool stuff with, uh, Blue Oyster Cult and in, uh, and uh, Secret Treaties right. in particular. Cool. So that's my All number nice. four. Nice. Nice. Yeah. nice. We're number moving three. along. Uh, number three, this is a very important, well, it's going to be more and more important, of <laughs> course, because it's yeah, a countdown. Of course. But the, this one is, uh, I can't stop looking at the cover art, because it's. Uh, I have it in a puzzle as well. It's like the best <laughs> fucking album <laughs> cover ever, kind of. Well, it's the best cartoon album cover. For me, this one. I don't think there's a cartoonish, you know, drawn uh, kind of with, with sharp lines. You know, not, nothing fancy, just like uh, sharp lines, uh, cartoonish. This is the most beautiful uh, album cover for me in that uh, category. And I'm realizing now I'm talking about the covers. Ha, and it's a ha. podcast. <laughs> but anyways, I'm just it, excited. It is hey, a, a vinyl podcast. podcast you so you, yeah. have to you talk can talk about, about anything covers. you want. I wouldn't talk that. yeah, I wouldn't talk so much about the covers if yeah. it wasn't on vinyl, you know. It's just just like looking at it, smelling the old seventies used <laughs> teared up material. Anyways, uh it's oh, rock and cool. roll over by KISS. There you go. Okay. Yeah, that's my strong yeah. number three. It's a strong yeah. one, Mike. It's a strong number three. <laughs> it's um because and i had like i think i told you prior like i had a hard time picking yeah. what kiss mm-hmm. album it would be cuz i mean for me i'm not that into the 80s stuff i guess i would have been a little bit more if i grew up in the 80s but since i grew up when they were doing the reunion like that was my i saw i mean i saw the slightly uh like m- starting to a a coming of age kiss that was Mm -hmm. my kiss that's how with the makeup with the new costumes and stuff uh by the reunion i didn't see live i was i was too too young i think and this was like 96 yeah i was eight (laughs) so 96 97 those uh what i've heard magical years to see that if you were too young to see the the first time i mean i was a uh, like seven eight nine it was like that was not going to happen. Uh, well, if I, I'd had Mike as, a, as a parent, that would have happened, of course, and I would be Mike Jr. Yeah. <laughs> that's a sliding doors so you don't oh, want. Oh man. You don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Anyways, um no, I mean if my if my parents would have been Kiss fans, I guess they would have brought me on on a yeah. show because that's what Kiss fans do, you know. Um, and, Mike are think- <laughs> is, and Mike is thinking. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never done that. <laughs> now, um, so, but so for me, um, the the '70s era Kiss uh, is the, yeah. the mm-hmm. is the the bomb. You know, that's my thing. And uh, up until I think I guess mm-hmm. up until mm-hmm. Alive 2 That's my magic magical era. You know what I get uh, if you hear kiss in my music that I write it's usually mm. from f- yeah. from that era that's what I yeah. really <laughs> like <laughs> but Steal I hear I hear that too in, listen, in, in,
1: in your Don't music uh, um, so th- there's a lot of a lot of, of yeah. the 70s uh, kiss yeah. stuff in in, in your playing and, and you do it like uh, with a yeah. finesse and and that's what why I, I dig it because it's not a rip-off. It's like you do it in in a different way, uh, like the helicopters do. But it's it's still fresh and it's still new and it's still happening. So uh, it's uh, it's it's all good. It's all good. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you for the kind words. Yeah, of of course. You got you got any? Uh, I really I really appreciate it. (laughs) Of course,
1: my friend. Uh, Do you got any favorite Um, songs on that album?
2: Yeah, of course. As soon as we dig into KISS, we have to dig right, real deep <laughs> yes, into KISS. Of course. Oh, Mike. Of course. It's like, stop talking <laughs> about the cowbell, dude. Let's <laughs> get into some nights insane yeah. service. En- enough with the Blue Oster yeah. shit. Let's go to KISS, man. <laughs> exactly. Let's get some Casablanca action <laughs> up in this place. Um, I'm just reading the covers. Yeah, of it's course. Like, like a script. No, but it's like... Uh, uh, that has to be Mr. Okay. Speed. Because, I mean, if I don't know what to play on guitar, I just go I'm just can't like yeah. help myself. I don't even know if I play it right. I haven't checked it out. And you can't play uh, it's like with A C D C in the seventies. You can't play along with the records because they didn't tune the guitars exactly at four forty. You know, they didn't tune it like in mm. in that key. They just is this all right yeah okay you tune like me okay and you on the bass but yeah you tune like the does it yeah. sound right? okay let's go. So when you try to play with it yeah. it just sounds off. so I don't really care I just I just play it because it just it just gets me going you know and I love the chorus and I I love Paul Stanley so much. I mean uh, as a person I don't know I haven't met him I don't know him uh, as a person. I guess he, uh, he's probably lovable. But <laughs> as a musician, it's like the way he sings, uh, it just yeah. talks to yeah, me, know. you know? Uh, it, it always has. Um, and when I was growing up, uh, before I knew what rock was and before I really knew, I knew what Kiss was, but it wasn't like I didn't know uh, that, um, I did. I hadn't heard a lot of rock artists and I hadn't discovered all that I was going to discover. And I every time I heard a Kiss song, and usually it would be, yeah, well, I guess mm-hmm. I was made for loving you, unfortunately, it <laughs> was the one that you heard. But when I heard Rock and Roll All Night, or like mm-hmm. uh, God Gave Rock and Roll to You Too, I guess the name is, and if I heard like, uh yeah, well, I guess you heard uh, like Deuce and stuff, Strutter. And every time I heard, uh, and even if I heard like the hits from the 80s, every time I heard a song where Paul Stanley was singing, uh, <laughs> so I guess not Deuce that much. But anyways, um, every time I heard Paul Stanley singing, it was like, this is American rock and roll for me this is what yeah. uh rock and roll from the u.s sounds like that's a uh, g- uh, uh paul stanley kiss song or uh, a kiss song in general with paul stanley mm-hmm. on vocals in particular that's like for me as a like seven year old eight year old for me that was american yeah rock music and that stuck and Uh, that's why I think he's more important to me than he's freely because everyone goes Ace freely because he's cool Uh, he has these uh, this um, kind of mystique about himself at least in the 70s and he had this sloppy still very majestic and stylized uh, guitar um, guitar style you know it was really it was it wasn't something that was hard to learn but that's why everyone mm. wanted to do it because you mm. could it's kind of like punk before punk you could like or like punk with a guitar solo because he was <laughs> yeah. real and it wasn't that fast so you could keep up so i mean and I, so i really understand why people pick up a guitar because of uh, kiss and ace but ace to me is like yeah he's cool but paul Stanley <laughs> Well, he gets the girls, and he's like uh, the one that flirts on stage. Yeah, he's the one having the the best time. I think he he I I, I don't know how he feels on stage. I guess he loves it, but it doesn't matter what he actually <laughs> thinks about. Maybe he thinks about what he ate for dinner and shouldn't have. I don't know. But when he's up there, and it's the '70s, the '80s, the '90s, yeah. up until now, when he's on stage, it yeah. just feels yeah. like he enjoys it and wants everyone to enjoy it. And that stage banter that so many have have tried to pull off after him and influenced by and stuff. It's just any, like, um, I don't know. It's like his solo album (laughs) from 78 is probably my, Oh, sorry. The solo albums are the last ones, not alive too. Sorry. The solo albums would be the last ones for me Uh, because I love Paul Stanley solo album so much it's like one of my favorite albums it doesn't uh, well spoiler <laughs> alert it's not on this list i jo- only chose one kiss album but it's like because it's not really a kiss album for me it's a paul stanley album yeah. uh but, because but it the is song,
1: song. S- songwriting i mean the songwriting uh, of paul stanley that's it's yeah it's brilliant stuff
2: it's brilliant stuff and it's and it's very like i've always seen jeans well this turn into a Kiss podcast really fast, mm. boy. That escalated quickly. Yeah. Well, you didn't well, well. see that one coming, did you? I should have. I should. You have. should have. You should. Joke, have. jokes on me. No, but uh, you, well, you get me going, and I get you going. So I guess uh, let's have a party. Um, I don't know. It's like it's like um, what was my trip? Um Yeah, but, but well, you are talking
1: about Paul Stanley and, and his songwriting and and. Yeah, ultimately a ringleader, if you will, when yeah. when it comes to the stage.
2: Exactly, and I think his songwriting is. Yeah, I always saw Gene Simmons as the one that was like the quirky one, the 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 clever one that were like saying funny stuff in the interviews, and he stared at you and stuck his tongue out and all that stuff, and <laughs> Paul Stanley just stood there with his lipstick and try to look like a girl but <laughs> but actually <laughs> if you listen to his lyrics and to his stage banter, it's the other way around i mean uh, paul, uh gene simmons only only really talks about very uh, like girls of very questionable age that he wants to bang mm. and and paul stanley is more like oh, this girl is so sweet, I really like her, she's, you mm-hmm. know, and he really talks about it in a more, like, gentle mm-hmm. way. Uh, and in between all of that kind of uh, themed lyric by him, he's so, like, uh, what's the word? He's, like, I don't know, he's clever, quirky, he's, like, uh, I don't know, Mike, help me out, Findig how do you okay. translate that um, to
1: English? Damn, uh, smart. You know what I
2: mean, right? You can say um, smart. Yeah, smart. It's real. Yeah, it's smart. Yeah, it's it's smart and yeah. humorous. Mm. Yeah, kind of. It's it's smart and humorous and and it and it makes you feel yeah. good. Yeah. It's like uh, so uh, and there's a lot of uh, to get back to the album Rock and Roll Over has like w- some of the best in my opinion Paul Stanley songs because it really makes me. I mean, I Want You makes me kind of horny, you know? Not on him, but, you know, just, like, the feel, you know? It's such a great... And, like, Take Me. I mean, come on. Take Me is... L- I-, I love it. And Any way you want it. You know, it. and uh, and there's a lot of, like, Gene Simmons stuff on here. I'm Gene Simmons is not my favorite. He's never been... I've started to accept him a little bit more, like, his, uh, starting to like his songs and stuff, mostly because of this album, because, like... Um uh there's like this one really has the like calling dr love is a great song and i didn't like it when i listened to it when i was younger and it was all like mm-hmm. uh, greatest hits and stuff and it was on some of those or um uh some best offs uh, it wasn't like but when i listened to it on this album it's like this really uh, mm-hmm. this really mm-hmm. speaks to me you know um yeah, I love I love a lot of them. It's like I actually thought when I was younger that "Hard Luck Woman" was an early song. I kind of mixed it up with "Black oh, Diamond" okay. in a weird way, because I, uh, I didn't have the discography. I didn't know anything. It just felt to me that "Hard Luck Woman" was like a. Uh, um, I didn't think about how it sounded, you know, with the sound quality and stuff. So I just thought, like, songwriting-wise, it sounded like. Yeah, it's one of those yeah, most, uh, softer right. songs yeah. from the first yeah. album, you know. And then I discovered, no, no, that that was Black Diamond. But for me, it was like, yeah, mm-hmm. equally great songwriting. Just love it. And Peter Chris singing on this album is great. I mean, this rough voice in Baby Driver—yeah, some good stuff right there. I, I <laughs> just love it. And. Uh, <laughs> yeah so yeah there's uh yeah ladies' room, I mean, there's really only one, two deep cuts in my opinion on this one, no, mm-hmm. one, see you in your dreams, I have a little bit problem with, not mm-hmm. a problem, but it's not for me, it just passes by, you know, uh, so see you in your dreams is probably the only one that I would say I don't like as much um making love well, of course, it's a very uh it doesn't there's not a lot of hap- yeah. things happening Making in that song loud? it's just the same thing over and over but that's okay because it has the same feeling yeah exactly no but it's like the same feeling as um yeah uh mm. the album as a whole it's just and and uh, in in uh, in in kiss story i guess you're calling it uh it's very interesting because it was uh, written, recorded and released I guess in the same year as Destroyer uh, after Destroyer that is and it's very in- interesting that this was there mm. uh, before they knew that Destroyer was going to blow up they wanted to do mm. something that was like let's go back to basics mm. let's do it like with, the, hey Peter get in the bathroom Peter Chris recorded his drums in the bathroom if you didn't catch that one uh, you know just oh, let's just do something rough mm. and cool and just put out a b- rock album. Uh and that's so cool that no. they did that because no. after that they didn't, in my opinion. They didn't this was the last time they just went in there because when <laughs> I was thinking about this <laughs> Yeah, the kiss segment is long. I'm sorry guys. Uh when I was thinking about this, I was like, yeah well rock and roll over. I was like, yeah, rock and roll over. And I was like, yeah. But the debut album is so great. Then there's also Dress to Kill yeah and hey in between there's hotter than hell oh which one am i gonna pick you know it was so hard but then i realized Mm. that i like this one so much because i love those albums so much it's like they wanted to do something a little i Mm. mean ladies room could be on dress to kill it's a little bit like um uh like uh uh like a Gene yeah. Simmons song on Dress to Kill in my opinion you know has the same feel and theme Yeah
1: but but it, it's 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 like this they, they made that album Rock and Roll Over uh, out of a disappointment to Destroyer because yeah. because they didn't exactly. like what they did with Destroyer and because they felt because like because it hadn't
2: started making money yet. No
1: no no and they they <laughs> thought but they they didn't get Bob Esrin at the time they, they no. thought they were railroaded w- with all the antics that the, that he had uh, uh uh, whistle yeah. in in the studio, blowing blowing it every now and then when, when the, he wanted the, the guys' attention. Yeah. So they thought it, it was a throwaway with Destroyer. They didn't like the orchestral stuff and the pianos, and and they thought they were getting soft. No. So they went in yeah. real quick and did rock and roll over because they were disappointed. Yeah, and all of a sudden, exactly, they wanted to do yeah. stuff their yeah. way. and all yeah. of a sudden, uh, Destroyer blew up, and and they said, "Hey, what's going on here?" So. It's yeah. it's well, it's two good good albums. Yeah, bo- it, both the Destroyer and Rock and Roll Over. But oh yeah, but I
2: love Destroyer. It's it's just, more yeah. like
1: you say Rock and Roll Over is is a straight up rock and roll record. They they went back and did yeah. what they they meant to do at, exactly like from the get go, seventy four or so.
2: Exactly and exactly and if you listen to Destroyer and listen to it for what yeah. it is and. Uh, Then it's a great album. If you don't think about all this stuff, which I usually try not to, I just try (laughs) to kick back and listen uh, with my favorite beverage and just like, wow, this this is just great uh then it i mean i listen to destroyer a lot i love that album mm. and i love listening to it from start to bottom i have no problem with it i know a lot of people that like skip songs or well i guess they're not listening to vinyl because then you have to get up and <laughs> you, you know. no but people have some problems with some stuff and people uh but i mean if i listen to it from from top to bottom i just i just love mm. it it's a great work for what it is But I guess, uh, yeah, like I said before, rock and roll over. It's like Mm -hmm. it's the cover. It's so it's so great. It's like what can we do? We have these masks. We have this logo. Well, everything's been done. We've we've done like the exploding over the like the city, and we've done like dressing up in suits, and we've been in Japan almost on uh, hotter than hell. You know, trying to look like. Uh, Japanese yeah. kind of or whatever it is. and then like just the straight up makeup mm. on the first one. what can you do? you know you've done everything. And I mean if you look at Love Gun, the cover, it's kind mm. of destroyer too. Mm. yeah yeah cover wise cover art wise. And it's the same. It's it, it, it it's the same artist it's, as well. Yeah, it's the same right? artist. Yeah, King Exa- Kelly. Yeah, exactly. King Kelly, so it, those are yeah. kind of. If those were coming out back to back, and if you just look at the covers, that would make sense. But this one in between, mm. for me, uh, for me, it represents, like we talked about before, that this is like their answer to what they tried to do. Uh, on the record before that, so yeah, that's why I, I, I love that record. It has okay. it has so so much great. Uh, it has great uh, riffs, such great solos. And I guess isn't it like this as well, Mike? Uh, you you will be the Kiss Oracle for this episode. <laughs> I guess you have no problem with that. But isn't this right? Isn't this right that they that they um, uh, that this is the one that people are talking about? Uh, would probably be the last record where uh, where they all actually played together in the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that everyone was actually there when they needed to be, more or less. But they made it work. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I I I guess uh, because I know that wasn't the case on Destroyer. That's what we've heard and stuff. Mm. But uh, and after that, it was a different story. Yeah. But Rock and Roll Over seems like the united kiss of the yeah. 70s. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. symbolizes it for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cool. So yeah. So that that one is my strong number three. Yeah. Only <laughs> right. strong picks, guys. Only strong Welcome to, guys. to the Kiss uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, we're gonna talk about something else, yeah. and you guys have to stop me. Because yeah. No I think problem. I can talk about, Go ahead. I can talk about this band a lot. Yeah. Um, All right. So number two. Number two. Yeah. All right. Number two. Uh, I can talk about this uh, forever. This is. My one of the most important bands in my life, and it's strangely enough, I'm an, a late adapter to this band as well. Mm-hmm. I started listening to this band for real five, six years, uh, maybe seven years mm-hmm. ago, uh, something like that. And I'm 33, so yeah, I was 27. I should, well, I should be gone by 27, I guess, oh. but instead, I started hey, listening to okay, Finn oh, Lizzie. yeah, there you go. and this one is Bad Reputation, bad reputation. by Thin Lizzy. All right. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people have I mean to pick a Thin Lizzy record as a number 2 is not that strange in a lot of people's eyes, but that is Bad Reputation could <laughs> raise some eyebrows. <high laughs> I don't know. It raises mine a bit. <laughs> but it's uh, <laughs> but it's like I had a hard time here as well. Thin List is one of my all-time mm-hmm. favorite bands. Uh, it's uh, and I mean, like I said before, I've listened to them. Wow, I can't do math, <laughs> can I? Twenty-seven. That's only six years ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you see? Oh my God. Well, I guess uh, I guess I was twenty-five. <laughs> Anyways, Bad Reputation
1: is is one of those records that that stood the ground. I, I mean, for, for for rock and rollers out there, that's like the most common that that people talk about. Because it has so much great it songs is, on it. Really, it was that and and yeah. Oh, I can't remember which one uh, with mm-hmm. with um Yeah, yeah. Jailbreak. Jailbreak. Yeah,
2: yeah. Because Jailbreak is the one that would be the yeah. obvious choice because it has both mm-hmm. great singles, uh, Boys Are Back in Town and Jailbreak and stuff, and um, and then it has like the. The deep cuts are, mm. I mean, amazing. It's it's yeah. so great. I but love but that I album think uh, death, a better
1: reputation but is is mostly uh, uh, musicians talking about Lacy.
2: Ah, that could be the case. Yeah. 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 I, I guess. Think so. Yeah. And it's like it's the same for me, as with a lot of other albums that I love. It has, it has so much dynamics, and it's like it starts off very slow and it goes into these significant dual guitar stuff and he's mm. and Phil Line is is mm-hmm. talking yeah, he's about, a genius he, he was a genius yeah he was a genius it talk about songwriting man and yeah, he he yeah. talks yeah, about he talks about drugs and he talks about cowboys he he loved that stuff and that's so funny that he grew up in Ireland uh moved to London and then just loved old 70, 60s and 70s spaghetti w- westerns. That's what he loved. Yeah. <laughs> so he wrote a lot of songs about that, which is pretty funny. Uh, and then about drugs and about alcohol and about girls and uh, romance and stuff. And he, But he did it in... Uh, and these are such bland subjects, but he turns it into something interesting and beautiful, like a poet does, you mm-hmm. know? Some poets can, can speak about... Uh, things that uh, sound so uh, difficult to comprehend, but if you really decipher it, it's like, oh, he's talking about he's having a, a hangover. Mm. That's like, you, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just like, it's just the way you, you express yourself. Mm. And he really comes off uh, great in that aspect on this album. Uh, and it has some of my absolute favorites on it. Uh, like uh, well it's basically all of them I guess but I mean okay so side one is soldier fortune bad reputation opium trail and southbound and I mean southbound is slightly better on the live and dangerous uh, live album uh, I think but uh, it's still magical on on this as well and it's like just the f- the first side with those four songs it's like it just melts me you know <laughs> and it's not one of the big hit singles it's just like those four songs are like if you haven't listened to the album and you didn't listen to thin Lizzy when it was released you probably not heard those four songs these are not songs that you hear everywhere maybe you've heard bad reputation on a rock uh, radio or something sometime but it's not like they they put out like opium trail and play that you know uh on the radio and i don't think they did back in the day either and then, of course, Dancing in the Moonlight opens up uh, uh, side two, and that's, of course, one of their most famous songs, The um, uh, if you don't count the ones from uh, from Jailbreak. Um, and, I mean, just to get, I mean, a sax solo, come on. <laughs> who gets <laughs> away with that? Who gets away with that? Well, Thin Lizzie, yeah. Thin Lizzie does. Thin Lisa do they do they? But I he don't wasn't know. A, a, like
1: Linda wasn't afraid to to try. Uh, I mean, there, there was a lot of stuff with, with even though you it's not uh, your typical thing in when you think about Lisa, but there was a lot of Celtic Irish stuff in there too. So oh yeah. So he he experimented yeah. wildly and and it, it with with that songwriting and and that voice. You you I mean. You can get away with yeah. almost everything, so so it's
2: it's great great stuff. It is, it is, and and uh, I had a hard time uh, choosing an album because I'm I really love almost everything they put out, more or less, and uh, but especially from right before they mm. blew up with Jailbreak, a couple of albums back and a couple of albums ahead, it's just like magic and. Uh, the Black Rose is also the one yeah, that musicians yeah. hold up mm-hmm. a lot because it's uh yeah with with mm-hmm. the the Celtic stuff and with with Gary Moore on guitar coming back into the band and just <laughs> blowing everyone's minds not by himself as a guitarist only but as. Uh, mm-hmm. Co-songwriter together with Phil Lynott, and those two together, yeah, it's just so yeah, it's crazy, it's magic, good and awesome. Yeah, I hope they're up there somewhere or wherever they are <laughs> down there. I don't care where they are. I hope yeah. they play together and write songs right now because yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna join that party. I'm, I'm telling you that. Oh man! I don't even have to play with them. <laughs> I can just listen stuff. for an eternity. But anyway, so that's also like. uh Uh, an honorable mention, if you will, of the Lisse, like I love Black Rose and I've listened to that a lot as well but it's something about their reputation, it has a slightly Mm. darker feel to it not only because of like Opium Trail with a very like mystique and very uh, like uh, uh, downward spiral feel of it in the lyrics and in the, the music not only that, but and not only because uh, That Woman's Gonna Break Your Heart is a song that, that really uh, touches on that melancholy, that romance can, and the, down, like, the, the downsides of romance and stuff. Not only those things, that, like, n- not only the obvious things, but I mean, if you, count, if you don't count Dancing in the Moonlight, all the other songs are really, really mm-hmm. like, they have this dark feel to them in one way or or another and it's just i don't know it it just talks to me and i've listened to that a lot and i think if people listen to thin lizzy and they and they uh know their lizzie i guess uh there's a lot in my music that like yeah, of course. slips in yeah. there as well when i write songs just because i've listened to it so so much um yeah so i think I mean, I probably love this one equally as much as Rock and Roll Over in a way with Kiss, but this one became number two because this one I've listened to so much more and it has like yeah. uh, it has meant more to me as well, I guess. So, I mean, it's I, w- I
1: was a bit surprised that this wasn't number one. Oh. Uh, th- there wasn't a the Lizzie album as number oh. one. So, uh, damn, curious yeah. about the number one. Well,
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I've. I've picked let's see, yeah, I've picked three albums from the seventies and one from the late eighties, yeah, yeah, so now we're gonna, for number one, we're gonna skip yeah. past the magic era of vinyl uh, okay the band loves their vinyl, and it's the this one is easy, this one was the easiest one for me. Uh, easiest yeah. band, easiest <laughs> album, and I don't know if we've talked about this. I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast, but when, when I was on, we talked about uh, Phil. You asked me about a holy grail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. full circle on that, it's like, I don't know, Mike, when I wrote you, but I guess it was like a couple of weeks after we recorded that and that went
1: Yeah, I air? think so.
2: A couple yeah, of weeks so. after, yeah. I, a local, I'm really building this one up, <laughs> just so you know, yeah. uh, a, local, um, a local record shop put up on Instagram that they had a couple of records by this band that had come in. And I wrote them, put them away, I'm jumping on my bike, don't sell them to anyone else did you see the price tags? You know, they're pricey. I'm like, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. I zoomed in and I saw the price tags. That's fine. Just don't sell them to anyone else. I want these ones. I'm coming over. <laughs> so I got the album. I you got know? the album. And uh, uh, number one for me, the album, that the, really the the album for me, the one that made me want to pick up an electric guitar is high visibility by the helicopter.
1: Oh, the oh my god, it's so beautiful. Here you go.
0: Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> it oh
2: it is. man. And yeah. So this was released in the year 2000. When in in the 2000s or in the year 2000, uh, 2 K. I was Let's see if my math gets right this time. This wasn't This is an easy one. I was 12. Um and I saw the helicopters perform on like the Swedish version of MTV, and also on on the European version of uh, I mean the real MTV. We had something called Set TV, tv uh, that also put up a lot of music videos, mm-hmm. um, and or showed music videos. And I saw I saw Toys and Flavors, and I saw. No Song Unheard in those songs. And I saw that in the same time as I saw, like, uh, Brand New Hate by Back Your Babies, and I think uh, some of the early hawker superstar stuff. A lot of, like, Swedish bands coming out. Sahara Sahara Hot Nights and... uh, I don't know. There was a lot of... uh, And The Hives, of course, that made it later Mm -hmm. pretty big in the US. I mean, there's a lot of those bands that came out that they really, like that Universal in Sweden really mm. pushed. I don't know if all of those bands were on Universal, but a lot of uh, bands went uh, went uh, like really corporate, big uh, record label, uh, uh, like globally. And they wanted to really push it out. And that's when I discovered the helicopters. I had actually seen them like one year before uh, in, uh, in my um, small hometown at a festival. I only remembered that I saw them because I, I remembered that they had a backdrop <laughs> that I recognized, cool. and that's all. I don't remember the songs. I don't remember how they looked, because I was like I was eleven, and I I didn't really care. I was just like, yeah, rock <laughs> band, that's cool, but I don't really I I mean I didn't really care. But that happened to a lot of those bands in that day. I was a little bit too young, and I was there, and it was like, oh, so I saw that band without even realizing, you know. But yeah, when that when those uh, music videos came out, for me it was like I have to buy that CD. This is like this is great and I had it in my CD portable CD player. Few young kids, you couldn't run with it because it only had a couple of seconds of like shake time or whatever <laughs> it was called. Um you know, and I used to walk my dog and listen to that album over and over and over again. And I was uh, whistling along with this guitar solos. And this was before I picked up a guitar. I was just like, like whistling. I was just like whistling and whistling. And like when I came home one day, my, or I, or, or I was singing out loud in my neighborhood, I didn't care. I just sang along to what was in my headphones. I mean, if you get that experience, if you get that reaction, then it has yeah. to be something that you really, yeah. really love and that really, really touches you. Uh, and I I wasn't that good at English. I didn't really know what they were talking about. Some of the lyrics are really strange on that album anyway, so that doesn't matter. I mean, <laughs> what the hell is Toys and Flavors, <laughs> Seasons Savior? I mean, mm-hmm. Americans that read that lyrics would just be like scratching their head and like, what? What are you talking <laughs> about? This is, you know, Swinglish, as we say. Um, But that didn't matter it was just so awesome it was just i just loved how it sounded i i loved the melodies the songs the what happened in the songs and the and the guitar solos like i need to i need to play like that i need to be able to play at least uh slightly like Hmm. this like this is what i want to do and this is what i want to pursue so that makes that record so so important to me and uh, it was released on vinyl at the get-go of course I didn't know what vinyl was because my my dad's stuff were were in the attic of course Uh, I didn't know growing up what vinyl was more than I knew that it had been popular and that it existed I guess my father's turntable was still around uh, in the living room but that was it it wasn't something that I saw at my friend's parents' house either. It was CDs. Everyone had talked everything away. But this one actually mm-hmm. was released on vinyl when it came out. And they released it, like, if I'm not mistaken, they released it on Universal on vinyl uh, in a small batch, of course, and together with Nicky's uh, own label and yada, yada. But still, it's like they actually released it on a on a uh, on a big record label like universal in the year 2000 when cds were soon to be failing but it wasn't really already but it was going to Mm. and they released like a couple of thousand of vinyls of that one and how cool is that so i but i i never really cared about having the vinyl that much that others did and i I don't know. Like growing, like I said in the in the last interview, I was like, I didn't really think about vinyl that way growing up. So then when I became an adult, it was like, yeah, if I if I saw it somewhere or if I could get a bargain, then yeah, sure, I can have it. But it wasn't that important. But when I saw that and started to feel like, and <laughs> yeah. when you asked like the Holy Grail, yeah. I was like, yeah, that yeah. one would be cool to have. And oh, then when cool. that came up in the record store, it's like, yeah, I have to get this one. And it wasn't that expensive it wasn't that hard it wasn't it wasn't I think I said I said last time that it was like that I could give 200 dollars for it something like that Phil mm-hmm. yeah yeah I didn't it was like more like a 100 or 100 between 100 and 150 I think I don't know what the currency is right now uh, yeah. but yeah somewhere in between and it's like that's what they go cool. for at least and All this right. is a great copy so I'm I'm just happy nice. uh, that- to have it. Um, cool, but yeah, so that's that's my favorite record of all time. It blows all the seventies stuff I love no. so much away, and that doesn't <laughs> yeah, that doesn't say a little because there's so much stuff that I haven't even mentioned from the seventies and stuff that I just love and have inspired me so so much, but this one always knocks it out of the park, yeah,
1: you got a great list here too, I mean there's a lot of a lot of good music. I mean, on on your on your top five list. So I mean, the helicopter is inspired by all the '70s stuff, anyway. So it's 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 in there. It's in the music. You can hear Kiss, and you can hear the Mm Stooges, and you can hear, I mean, course and and all that good stuff. So. But but hey, let's run through Mike's uh, top five list from from the get go. So we got on number five, you got uh, uh, Guns N' Roses, you got Appetite yep. for Destruction, and then you got uh, Blue as the Cult, uh, Secret, Secret treat?
2: Treaties, Secret Treaties, Treaties,
1: yeah, Treaties. yeah. okay, sorry, uh, and number three got Kiss uh-huh. Rock and Roll Over, and number two. Uh, thin with yeah, Bad man. Reputation and for number one The Helicopter's High Visibility
2: man oh, oh man God. that's yeah. a great it's, list it's, yeah. right it there is, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah you, you can see? pick uh, kinda, ha, I, ha. I could pick any, any song from those basically maybe not See You In Your Dreams <laughs> but uh, any other basically <laughs> and just like have them like in the beginning of a DJ set and like if people are not loving this then I'm out of here you know because this is yeah. this is it <laughs> i i i cool. would be jumping up and down you know um <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. so
1: and speaking of rock and roll music what's up with uh lifey mm-hmm. bandit just real quick talking about your band yeah of course um what's up what's going on we've
2: slightly started to uh to play some live shows uh just some modest stuff uh like outdoor yeah. and, and stuff but it has been mm-hmm. really really great um uh, we, uh, we have, uh, we have some stuff both like, uh, how can I say, uh, new material wise and live, uh, like show wise that I can't really mm-hmm. reveal right now, but to, oh. to, to be a little vague, oh, uh, come to be, on, man. To, to, to be it. Uh, uh, oh, it's not on. really official yet. Come but on. to your listeners and to <laughs> you guys, I can uh, I can say I can tell you that I uh, that we have uh, we have uh, new songs in the making, uh, in the process of coming out. So there's not only gonna be the deadlines from this year. There's also gonna be more stuff coming. Slightly, oh, pretty soon. Some more, oh, ev- right. even more Live Thief is coming, and we are also uh, going to get up on a lot more stages. Uh, oh. uh, sooner rather, rather than later, but oh, there's wow. a lot, nice. uh, like some stuff could happen before the stuff that is already confirmed and yada, yada, yada. So I'm not going to say <laughs> too much right <laughs> now, but uh, oh. hey, if people... Want to? They can follow yeah. us on Facebook and Instagram and stuff. And yeah. whenever stuff happens and people are interested in the band, they will see it there yeah. firsthand.
1: Okay. So check out liar, yeah. thief, bandit, and and keep yours to the ground for all the new stuff that's coming out. All right. Thank you so much, Mike, mm-hmm. for for being on our show once more. It was, yeah. A, yeah, great a, lot. was a great Thank you guys. right.
2: I'm very glad that you actually had the energy to to <laughs> for so that long. Gra- <laughs> that's great that that was and the, people are thinking no that's, the, the podcast so is supposed to be like this edited it no for no, like no, no, no 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 no. <laughs> the podcast is
1: supposed to be like this we're talking about music because yeah. we love music and, and it's supposed to be uh, long winding because mm-hmm. you can't easily run through like five epic albums like that without talking yeah. about them exactly properly. so exactly. of course so that, was, that was really well, great now you
2: got a little background yeah and- People can fact check all the crazy <laughs> stuff I said that that wasn't really true, and uh, people can yeah. like kill me or try to for putting after for yeah. destruction. Thank you so very much. Cool. All right. Thank you
1: again, Mike. And awesome. uh, once again, check out Liar Thief Thank Bandit uh, on on tour and follow them on Instagram and and facebook and and whatnot and keep your to the ground with new music coming out this is a really great band one of my uh favorites uh got stuff that that sounds like the good old days you got Lizzy, you got the helicopters you got like uh uh, um, the studios and mc5 and and it's a real energetic rock and roll if only they'd come to the united uh, states Yeah, you see, you see, we have to get them over there. In time, my friends. In time. And don't, (laughs) yeah, cool. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You don't miss out. You can find us on on, uh, Apple, iTunes, and and Spotify and all those good places, and on SonsOnVinyl.com. And my friend Phil. Any last words?
0: I do have last words. Soundsonvinyl.com slash community. You got to go there. We're posting some cool stuff. Go post. Go over there and post your top five over there. Yeah. Let us know what your top five is. So go make that happen.
1: All right. Post me low. Soundsonvinyl.com community. (laughs) All right. All right. Cool. All right. Until next time. Later. 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 This has been Sounds on Vinyl, hosted by Mike Svenson and Phil Boyer.
0: But it doesn't have to end. Join the Sounds on Vinyl community at soundsonvinyl.com forward slash community. For exclusive content, music documentaries, chats, and more. Sounds on Vinyl is produced by Booz Hound Music in cooperation with BoozeHound Entertainment. Thanks for listening and all your
2: motherfucking support.